0: Hello and welcome to the Saturday Down South podcast. He is Chris Marler. I am Kyle Hero. Marler, we're doing something a little different today instead of debates down south. And we're just going to talk about the Bulls doc. That's all we're going to do. Um, no, just kidding. We're, we're going to talk about the NFL draft today because it is draft week. But yeah. can we talk about the Bulls doc? Without
1: a doubt, man. It was awesome. We watched it last night. so good. Um, it was so good. Yeah. I bet... Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, I, I, one, I wish I wish they would just put out, not all 10, like, don't, like, stream it immediately, like, Netflix, because I would have watched all of them. Same. But I hate the fact that we have to wait a full week to get the next installment.
0: I kind of like it. Um, as much, I agree with you, I would just binge watch it. I I, yeah. I, I tweeted this out. I would have stayed up all night watching, watching yeah. it. I would have just stayed up until 8 in the morning. No big deal. Um, but I kind of like, though, that it's giving us... This one thing to look forward to on Sunday night. I cannot wait for that. Like I have that, yeah, that that, that ready to record in the DVR, and I'm just going to be counting down. I'm not trying to, you know, just wish my way to that point, but I am very yeah. much looking forward to that over pretty much anything the rest of the week that's going on in, in the world. Even well, thanks, maybe. man.
1: We do three podcasts in between then, but yeah, like, I but I agree with you. Like, there's there's not. I, I just didn't. I feel like I know a lot about sports, and when I was. Eight or 10 or 11 or all of the above. I was like, a, not like a huge Bulls fan, but I definitely love the Bulls because I love Michael Jordan and watching them win. Like, all the, like I remember I told and I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I used to sit in the backyard and be like, three, two, one. Like, I was John Paxton. It's like arguably like the least important person on that entire whoa, team. He the, whoa. He the big shot, but no, so it was, it was really well done. It was really interesting the way they did it. Um, I know you had to be bummed because Horace Grant, no love.
0: All right. So, Horace Grant, like, I knew that he wasn't going to get a lot of love in this because it is the last dance. It's not about the first three Pete. It's about the second okay. three Pete. I knew that it was going to be way more Rodman. There's going to be so much more Rodman in this next episode because they lead in yeah. with the bad boy Pistons and all those different things. But man, this is my childhood. Like th- this is yeah. it. Th- even more so than the Cubs for me. Like this is truly my childhood. This is what, what I grew up with because living in the suburbs of Chicago that was everything. I didn't care about yeah. the Bears growing up. The, the you know the, the Major League Why Baseball strike up until Sammy Sosa didn't really care about the Cubs more than like a casual fan. The Bulls were everything. The Bulls I did yeah. they changed my perception of sports. They're they're the reason that I became a sports writer. I, I mean everything that that I currently do and in, in my yeah. life that I have an interest in stemmed from the Chicago Bulls. I, I said this before. I started reading. Because I would collect basketball cards, I'd read the back of them because I love the Bulls so much. you kidding that? No, I wasn't kidding. That's a hundred percent true story. Um, I was doing that before kindergarten. So what up? Good for you. Um,
1: I learned my multiplication tables from football.
0: Yeah, of course. I, I, football is the reason that I'm good at, at quick math. And like my wife, who is yeah. my wife, who was like almost valedictorian at her high school, uh, you know, with a class of 600 people or whatever, and is way, yeah. way smarter than me. The one thing I can do better than her is quick math because of football.
1: Yeah, mental—that's like all, mental math and cursive handwriting is pretty much all I have, and I can out-eat almost anybody. So, ooh, that's good too. There you go. That's really good. Yeah, but yeah this bull stock—it um,
0: was—it was so so good. Like it, it yeah. lived up to the hype, which I feel like nothing ever does, but this—this this did. It absolutely did. I—I I, I think
1: it, one—it did. I'm not like diminishing any of it, but like we—we we all just in general needed this so badly. Gosh, because there's nothing to watch right now. There's nothing going on. So I think that was another one of the re- main reasons—not main reasons, but. One of the, like the other reasons why it like definitely did seem like it was it was awesome, man. I can't I can't wait to watch the next one. I had no idea about the Scottie Pippen stuff. I had no idea about that that they used to just bully that fat little odor, Jerry, Jerry
0: I guess. Krause. Jerry Krause uh, it's not looking the Great. best
1: after no. this, but
0: yeah, I mean, anyway. and and that's the, that's the thing too that I love about it. Also, is like even though I grew up in this in this era and I consumed it so much. There's so many details about this that we're still kind of figuring out. I'm like, oh, yeah. I forgot yeah. that Pippen was the 122nd highest-paid player in the NBA entering this season. No wonder he was upset. Jimmy Sexton was his, uh, was his agent. Crazy, right? Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. But hopefully everybody is, is watching that as well. Sunday Night Entertainment, it is, it is top-notch. The good news for us, though, is we have entertainment before Sunday night. We do have the NFL Draft. It's going to be weird because it's not going to yeah. be the draft in its traditional fashion because of COVID-19 and this cyber draft essentially, Roger Goodell mm-hmm. announcing picks out of his basement, which is kind of <laughs> kind of fitting and
1: it feels feels just. I don't know about every, you. Every everything is going to look exactly like that like that Brett Favre pick from 1990, or 1991 that we right? all make fun of. That's how every single thing is going to look. Every single one of them.
0: I'm I'm very interested to see how this is going to work. They apparently were already trying to do some sort of a mock, like a, a mock beforehand today,
1: oh, like and a dry run.
0: Yeah, like a dry run. And Schefter tweets out, "We're already having technical difficulties pick one brutal." So that's a good sign. I that's mean, that's always positive, right?
1: Like the fact that it's going we have to rely on everyone understanding how to use technology on top of the actual technology we have to use. That's a nightmare. That's a nightmare situation for me. It's not going to go well.
0: It, it's I have people are going to say that they got hacked. That oh I didn't I didn't mean to pick this guy in the first round. It's it's going to be ugly. How do, how do they really prevent that? I, I have no idea. I'm not tech savvy yeah. enough to know how they're going to prevent people from hacking draft systems. But if we can figure out a way to do a fantasy football draft, we should be able to figure out a way to do this too. That's just Agreed. my thought. So Agreed. and oh. By the way, this draft, um, GMs wanted it moved back. I mean, that was like that was one of the things that Schefter kept reporting too. That, that this whole thing going off in the timing that it is, yes, it's great because it gives us entertainment, all these things, but GMs don't feel like they've been able to get their full, you know, amount yeah. of research done and they've had visits that have been prevented
1: because nobody can fly anywhere, all that stuff.
0: We don't know I didn't how to know that look.
1: we were actually gonna still do it until like like a week ago i was like oh yeah i guess the draft is coming up draft is still happening
0: technically there you go what we do know is that the sec is inevitably going to make it 14 years in a row with the most draft picks i mean let's just let's etch it in stone yeah it's going to happen um last year the sec broke its own record with um, 64 players picked in the draft that could be up for grabs as well Let's get to some of these storylines because they're as weird as this draft is. There are storylines that aren't related to that that we'd still be talking about even if we didn't have you know all this coronavirus stuff going on. And, and for my money, the biggest storyline in the draft, and you know people are gonna disagree with this if they're not a Bama fan, whatever. It, it's Tua, Tua, and what happens with him because of the injury, because of all this this crap that's been reported yeah. about him. And let me just say like. It bothers me so much that we are acting like things are constantly changing with Tua, with him, and 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 the way that he's being evaluated. That's what I don't get. Like, We saw Mel Kiper drop Tua on his big board and put Justin Herbert ahead of him. There's all these rumors that the Dolphins are more interested in Herbert. Three teams apparently took Tua off their entire draft board, whatever. You know what? Dude got injured six months ago. Six months ago. What has changed since then that we feel the need to be like, oh yeah, you know, Mel Kiper he healed. Like Mel Kiper comes out and says, if you look at Tua, the injury is the only factor in his durability moving forward as to why I put Herbert at number five and Tua at number six to the Chargers. Yeah. Six months ago, what are we well, doing? Well, thanks, Mel. I'm
1: really glad you you finally figured that out on your 17th mock draft for this. And you're like, so I admittedly will defend Tua because I just don't think that people understand that. I don't think we're going to appreciate how great he was in the small window of time. Like in, I agree. Especially yep. with how small of a window of time that he did it in. And, like, we, we do the SCS roundtable thing today, and it was like, would you risk a top ten pick on him? And I, w- I went through the stats again, and it was like, he played – he started 24 games. 24 games. And he finished his career with the seventh most seventh most passing touchdowns in SCS history, ninth most total touchdowns in SCS history, number one in yards per attempt, and uh, – passer efficiency and the passer's passer efficiency was number one in the history of college football. All time. And he also did all of that while only attempting forty-one career passes in the fourth quarter. He he was really good. So now now since I've done saying that, whoever's like listening to this, you can just yell at the radio, he's all because he had good receivers around him or whatever. I just don't understand why he's so polarizing because any other time you have a kid that's overcome this much adversity that's not his fault it would be celebrated and and i it, to an extent it is but for the most part it's really really scrutinized and and i get why like that if you know if he's injury prone you, you can't take that risk or whatever but the fact is i think they said three teams took him off their board completely yeah that's what yeah those three teams weren't even needing to draft a quarterback Exactly. so so it's like you're just saying th- they're just saying things and the one thing that makes it even worse is you also have, since there's no other sports going on right now, you have all these like ESPN pundits that, like Ryan Leaf. I don't need to hear Ryan Leaf's theory on why he's not a top top five in this draft. I I, I don't care about that. But in the same way, I don't need to hear somebody else say like Trey Dilfer's like, honestly, he looks better. He looks better than he did before, like when he was uh, pre-injury. Like, no, he doesn't. No,
0: and that's the thing is, is nothing has really changed about Tua. Like this, the same things that we were questioning about him six months ago are still true because he's not going to be playing live football until he gets out there in September. Until September, even if he's going through OTAs and all those different things. It's like, well, dude just had one of the most unprecedented surgeries. And yes, he can come back from that, but he still dealt with a lot of injuries in a very short period of time. And there's no guarantee that he's going to look like his former self when he gets that contact back because there's no way. There's no way that you can simulate that two 300 pound dudes falling on you like that like like that there's just no way that you can do it it's a risk no matter what but like let's stop acting like oh we saw this video so this means that he's good to go or like oh hey you know everybody i'm i'm think i'm changing my thinking on you know based on what i've seen from his health and stuff it's like no you're not you're just bored and you're trying to come up with a new angle to talk about
1: Tua. Well, and, and like the all the hot takes about it, like because like God, we, somebody posted this in like the the SDS Facebook page or the podcast Facebook page, and people just went off about it, and which and so I understand. I didn't realize he was that polarizing of, of a player, but if if you're sitting here telling me as a fan that like he's injury prone or you know it's too risky, fine. But if you're sitting here telling me that you think that Justin Herbert is a better quarterback and that you can watch both of them play, and you, you would say I want that guy, I want Justin Herbert leading my football team over to a I mean, you know, we probably just need to have conversations about football anymore. This I think he's, he, looks, he looks the part and all that kind of stuff. And, but honestly, and the thing is, if he falls late in the first round, that's probably for the best. He doesn't need to go into a situation where he's going to start right away. Like, I, I, he needs to probably sit out for a year and, and get, like, you know, learn the system, all that kind of stuff. I'll say it if Tua falls below five, I'll be stunned. I'll be
0: stunned. And I know what everybody's been saying. And I realize that the Patriots are apparently trying to move up and, you know, get into the top 10 maybe to take him, all these different things. I'll be stunned if he falls past five because I've I've been of the belief that all these different things that we're hearing about Tua, it all goes back to Miami Dolphins. And look, yep. there's a reason that the Dolphins wanted to have him come to their facility before any other college prospect but they couldn't because all the the stuff with you know the coronavirus and, and and not being able to to host draft picks because of flights and all that stuff they wanted to host him first and ever since then we've heard all these different things all these different rumblings going on there these are smoke screens galore and you, i mean until until i actually see Tua a slip in the draft I'm not going to believe all these different things about it. oh yeah, you know, the Dolphins are are more interested in Justin Herbert. You know what they're interested in? Making sure that they don't have to give up an additional first round pick or something like that in order to get to us. We so, see it every year. Every year. Every year this always and, happens.
1: And th- the thing is, like, I don't I don't care where he goes in the draft. I don't care if he's drafted in the seventh round or the first round. As long as that kid goes to a place where he's healthy and he can succeed and is like put into a good situation, that's all anybody should really want. Yeah, of I, course. I just, so, anyway, yeah, I, I was like, the, one of the guys from Pro Football Focus, he actually just uh, just tweeted out, like literally right before we came on here, that his, his last mock draft, he had the Dolphins trading up to two with the Redskins to get him.
0: I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule that out. Adam yeah. Spencer and I did a mock draft, and we had in the mock draft. Um, two trades, one of which was the Dolphins trading up to three with the Lions mm-hmm. and getting to that spot so that they'd be able to take two of there and not have any sort of you know wishy washy feelings. Are they going to stick with right. Matthew Stafford? Like we don't know NFL teams to that extent, so I'm not going to pretend like I know every single team and their interest and all that stuff. But my gosh, I mean, there's been like really nothing truly going on with Tua. Other than oh you you see a video here or there or there's this report about the wonderlick score when like can we talk about that for for a brief second because we
1: absolutely can I, that, I, was, I, that I mean, was that was very bizarre. surprising
0: like that that whole thing comes out where where apparently he got like a 13 but oh by the way that was before he was even you know eligible for the draft and then he actually got like a 19 weird very oh, weird. I didn't
1: see I didn't hear any of that I heard I, what I thought I read was he got a nine or maybe I'm mixing that up with Jerry Judy because and the the issue with this is. The misinformation that goes along with it is, first off, the Wonderlick, and listen up, boys and girls, because I'm pretty much a genius when it comes to the Wonderlick, and I don't care how that Remember, sounds. I got yes. a 47 on it, and I definitely have taken it multiple times, and I understand how it works. All it is is, like, word and math problems. It's a problem-solving, like, creative problem-solving test, 12 minutes, 50 questions. It has people that say, apparently, if it's under, if you score under 11, like, that's, that's barely, or that's literate. No, like that's like, don't say somebody's, how would they have taken the damn test if they were illiterate Seriously. and still scored an 11? I, like, so the misinformation about that is what bothers me because it's like, all right, you know what? They obviously are, either weren't that bright or had, like, didn't do well in the test. Don't say they're illiterate. That's like such a, such like a, that's such a stretch. Um, I don't think it's going to matter either way. I, I mean, no one's going to be asking him to solve like the Rubik's Cube. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I just I think all this stuff is just so overblown. I keep thinking who would tell Schefter, oh, by the way, the Dolphins aren't as all in on Tua as people thought. Like who's actually coming out and saying that? What's the motive? What would be the motivation to put that out there? Like what what's yeah. that going to generate? Like it's not like somebody is, you know, a disgruntled definitely employee. It five. It's so weird. Uh, so anyways, I'm I'm ready for all that stuff to be over. I hope the best for Tua. I hope he stays healthy. I think it's a risk. It's obviously a risk. Anybody that has that amount of injuries. But he's crazy talented. We've seen what he can do on the football field. Hopefully he's able to stay healthy and we get to see him potentially maximize his ability. The Bengals. Why don't they just announce that they're picking Joe Burrow?
1: Am I? That is weird. Right? You see that by now. Is it because they haven't figured out a, like they haven't like finalized his contract?
0: Well, that used to be the thing. Is that you used to have to negotiate the contract before the draft, and if you hadn't, it was this. Oh, what's going to happen? Remember, like Bo Jackson with Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah. The Bucks still took him at number one overall, but they're like, oh, hey, we don't have a contract negotiated. This is kind of a bad deal right now. I don't know if because of the rookie wage scale and and what that what happened with that in the earlier part of the decade you can't necessarily... like That's not as drawn out of a process as it used to be, so people didn't feel like you needed to get ahead of it. But I do feel like teams used to announce this stuff all the time because if the Bengals aren't trading the pick, which as long as they're not trading the pick and if they are dead set on Joe Burrow... What's really the harm? Oh, you're not going to have somebody come out and be like, hey, I'll give you seven first-round picks for him? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. It's just weird. I, I,
1: maybe it's because we haven't really had sports in general that I, I don't feel like I've seen this as much. But you don't you don't see – I don't feel like I've seen as much talk about like – I see talk about Joe Burrow and I see talk about the draft. I don't see that much talk about like Joe Burrow and how he's going to fit in at Cincinnati or, or that culture or whatever else. Um, I, I mean, I'm assuming – I mean we just we don't ever see any kind of like well not ever, but like besides like two thousand four and maybe the Drew Brees thing, we don't really see a lot of drama with the number one overall pick.
0: Hey, really don't. I I go back to um Mario Williams, Reggie Bush. That was a big deal. Yeah. That was that was really surprising when he was taking number one overall. I was like, How are you gonna pass on Reggie Bush to take this defensive yeah. end that like yeah yeah, people know about, but I mean he's Reggie Bush and that actually right. ended up being a a pretty smart pick but yeah it is it is kind of interesting that this this thing that we all expect to happen hasn't really been fully you know announced yet or anything like that i mean i'd be stunned if they didn't take him number one overall the other thing though yeah. to remember with this is and i think i think the nfl has a little bit of a hand in this and telling people look we've got some bills to pay we'd appreciate right. it you can you can have this done on you know behind closed doors all those things but We'd like it if there was just that tiny bit of suspense yeah. for people to tune into the number one pick.
1: I mean, we don't want to know who's going to get that rose until the end of the ceremony. Exactly. So it's like, yeah. Get Chris Hansen up there and figure it out. Not Chris Hansen. Why do I say Chris, that, Harrison, Chris Harrison. Chris Harrison. always say that. Um, no, I agree. I agree. I think uh, Burrow is going to go number one overall, no matter what. I, w- I tell you what, I would love it if, like, as much as we just talked about the Dolphins taking to it, if the Dolphins traded up last minute and then took Burrow. Or there was, like, some sort of big surprise. You know what I mean? I'd like that too because
0: otherwise it feels like this is going to be pretty elementary, at least in in the first two picks. But I I can't imagine if you're the Bengals and if you trade that pick away, like that's, that's the type of stuff that gets you fired. You've got an Ohio kid who just had the best season in college football history. And if you're like, you know what, we actually don't want this guy um, because you have an offensive minded head coach in Zach Taylor, not the president, the former Nebraska quarterback. Um, yeah, it's just it would be a weird move if the Bengals did anything but take Burrow right. number one overall. Um, okay, so this is something a little bit different, and we did this last year too, but I, and I'll explain this in, the, in a way that makes everybody hopefully understand this. The coldest way too early twenty twenty NFL draft takes from last year. So what we're gonna do, you know, like when when the draft ends and immediately. We've got McShay and Matt
1: Miller, and I think Daniel Jeremiah does one as well. Maybe. Oh, they've already had the 2021 mock drafts. Like, I I, I saw a seven-round full. What? Yes. Seven rounds. Seven rounds. They had like eight Bama players in the first round, or something like that. They had like Josh Job was like going off in like the like late. I was like, is Josh Job a starter? Like, what is happening right now? (laughs) Oh my god! So, so for the
0: people that though like that are actually respected. They yeah. at least wait until after the draft to come out with, with their way too early mock drafts. So I think it's fun just to look back on it a year later. And obviously, McShea always says it's his least favorite thing. He hates it. He right. absolutely despises doing it. I don't think our guy Matt Miller likes it very much either, but...
1: You're just guaranteeing you're going to be wrong. Just, like, yeah. you just Go look stupid. Here's your assignment.
0: To their credit, I will say looking back on this, because I looked back at McShay's mock, I looked back at Matt Miller's mock, they did pretty good. They actually did pretty did good, better than they did in years past. In years past, the reason that I first wanted to do this was, remember when people were saying that Nick Fitzgerald was a first round pick? That's <laughs>
1: one of one of the dumbest things I've uh, ever heard to this day.
0: Poor poor Matt Miller. Um, like him very much, but that was that was a rough one to, to walk
1: back. Your best,
0: yeah. I I remember um, Tom McShay had. Who was? It was Mitch Leidner, the Minnesota quarterback. Who's Mitch Leidner? You ask. Yeah, he's, what? He's a guy who's undrafted, but he had that in his way too early twenty sixteen mock draft. And Minnesota fans, to this day, if you ask them about this, they'll be like, "Yeah, that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in sports history."
1: Yeah, I mean, who's it, the other kid from Iowa?
0: So Nate Stanley was in McShay's way too early mock l- last year, and he's, he's right he's probably going to be a mid-round guy but yeah looking back that was one of the one of the tougher ones
1: that i found they had um what was the other one too they had uh, i mean well obviously matt miller was like he was really high on from yes I, I remember him coming on the podcast saying that he he could potentially be the number 1 overall pick
0: so he had Matt had Fromm at number four overall. I think he had two at, like, number nine overall. But he definitely had Fromm ahead of two, right. uh, first quarterback coming off the board, which is kind of crazy to think about, too, because quarterbacks are going in the top two uh, pretty much every time, um, at least in this yeah. day and age. Also had Raekwon Davis, a guy that we've talked about a lot. And I always see, whatever we talk about him, it's...
1: He's been a, a first-round pick for, like, since 2012. I, don't, I
0: as Every long as year. as long as Hunter Renfro has been in college, Raquan exactly. Davis has been a first round pick. Yeah, he had uh, Matt Miller had Raquan Davis at number fifteen overall. McShay had him at number fourteen overall. Here's a bad one. McShay had Nick Coe at nineteen overall.
1: I remember seeing that last year and I was like, mm. "Who in the hell is Nick Coe?" And and that's that's one of the reasons I thought like Auburn's D line. I mean, they were obviously the best D line in the country, but I was like. Very early on, I was like, oh my gosh, like Auburn might be the best in the trenches team in the conference with that four offensive linemen coming back. And then, I mean, like, I knew the other names. Derek Brown, Marlon Davidson, Big Cat, Nick Coe. That's the one he chose? Like, there was only three or four of them.
0: Well, he he also had those guys in there. He also had those guys in there. It wasn't just yeah. Nick Coe. That would be a tougher look. I think, I'm pretty sure he had Derek Brown in like the top five or something like that. I mean, okay. he, had, he had him really, really high. I think he had Marlon Davidson in his first round as well, but... Yeah, Nick you know the Cole. worst Ugh.
1: one, the worst one like that. And, and I mean, I'll, I'll just admit it. Like I, I said it on this podcast. We went over like a way too early look ahead at next year's draft, mm-hmm. and it was like this time last year. And were you one of the questions you asked was who's the guy that there's no way oh, yeah. they would end up in the first round? And I said Henry Ruggs. He asked <laughs> it, I would put any amount of money on it, Henry Ruggs. And you were like, you're like, why? Like, it, like I could see Ruggs, and I was like, okay. First off, I was like, I know he's fast, whatever, but like you tell me a time Bama's ever had two receivers taken in the first round ever. Right. right. <laughs> and lo and behold, he so I was very wrong about that. Yeah. Probably
0: probably gonna be in mid middle of the first round, something like that. Um seen rugs mocked anywhere from like eleven to twenty five, just kind of depends. But yeah, you're you're gonna end up with with some some egg on your face. I said uh, I think I said Terrell Lewis for that one.
1: You did, yeah. yeah. He, Which, so there's a rumor today that he said he was taken off of half the draft boards in the NFL because he didn't pass his uh, physical. Yikes. But just, just half of them. So I don't know what's going on with those doctors for the other ones, but that's who you want to get your prescriptions from, guys. Jeez,
0: I'll tell you. Um, a couple other of the uh – of the, of the ones that I, I thought stood out were noteworthy. And, and I get these ones. Uh, Jared Pinkney, Albert O, late first-rounders, and McShay's way-too-early mock. Listen, those guys were getting preseason all America love. They were considered as good of tight ends as there were in all of college football. front runners for the Mackey Award. Neither of those guys had the year that we thought that they could have. And now they're kind of more maybe middle-of-the-pack, Potentially yeah. day three guys. I know people are still pretty high on Albert O, but there's durability issues with him as well. And the fact that he's never played more than nine games in a season. That's I mean, crazy. Right? Nine games every year. That's what he does. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I actually thought that they were pretty good. I, I The only lazy QB thing that I, I really saw was, was Nate Stanley at Iowa. They didn't do the whole hey, this guy is 6'5". He had that one good game against a top-five yeah. team. Let's just say that he's in the first round. They did. They really kind of deviated from that. Maybe there's more of a priority because now, with the Coltics exposed of the world, or people like us that will go back and and mock them. Um, I,
1: that's what I called it last year. I called it mocking the mocks. Well, that's right. Yeah. And to be fair, there's not a single person outside of Joe Burrow himself that ever thought Joe Burrow was going to be the number one overall pick. And think about how weird that is to say, versus what we think of him now. Like Now it's not even in question. It's like, yeah, duh. Here's a funny thought. Um,
0: So Michael Bratton, who, our our coworker, who I I respect really well. (laughs) Your words, not mine. Um, I had sent him a message, like I think it was middle of October. And it was the first time, I think it was Matt Miller actually, who had, yeah, it was Matt Miller. He had Joe Burrow as his number one overall, either on his big board or like in some mid season mock draft. And I sent this message to Michael, I'm like, hey, this is this is a newsworthy thing. That's kind of something we do at SDS. Like oh, yeah. if, okay. if we see something that's newsworthy, we kinda of forward it to our news team, whatever, that happens all the time. And um, he's like, wait a minute, isn't this the same guy who said that Nick Fitzgerald was gonna be a first round pick? <laughs> and Mike Mike is I mean he, he'll he'd be the first to admit like he's you know he's eating his fair share of crow and all that stuff too but I mean uh, even in the middle of October though that thought was at least out there and that's how quickly I, things changed at least with Joe burrow and how how quickly you know our our, per, our perceptions of, of these quarterbacks can change
1: Nick Fitzgerald like Whatever I think of him passing, I don't think of him like throwing a football. Like, like if, he, if he went to the combine, it, I, I would not think he would ever do drills. It's like, all right, you're going to hit this target. Or, like, you know, like how they do like the Pro Bowl. It's like, hey, we set up like these targets and these meds. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I, I feel like his would just be like, hey, we set up these targets. There's a window behind it at someone's house. You just sail that thing as hard <laughs> as you can and break the, out of that window. Like, that, that's what he did to practice.
0: Has Nick Fitzgerald underthrown a receiver yet?
1: never in his life not once in his entire life
0: john rice plumley has not overthrown nick fitzgerald has not
1: underthrown Uh, to be made
0: five non-first-round sec guys that i'm super high on and i think are do you want
1: me to weigh in on this just as what you like
0: yeah I'll, i'll list i'll list my five any that come to mind interrupt at any given point
1: I'm just asking. I didn't know if I was a part of this. This segment. No, no,
0: no. I was gonna. I was gonna ask you about this as well. Um, I wanted to say I because this is not necessarily you, and you are subject to to disagree with this. And you, if you disagree with you know me saying that this given prospect is going to have success in the NFL, feel free. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's start with Marlon Davidson, a guy that I think we're both pretty high on. Um, Love that dude. I'm I'm surprised that he's kind of fallen out of the first round conversation, at least from the mocks that, that we've seen so far. Um, somebody who is a three-floor defensive end with that size, I got to think he's going to have a market
1: at the next level, right? Yeah, that size is ridiculous, man. He, he, how, how big is he again? Huge. Massive. Yes, that's, that's fair. I want to say he's like 6'6". Six, six. Is he 320? Is he or is that – I know Derek Brown is. Derek, Brown is like six, Derek Brown's like 6'5". Derek Brown's bigger. Um
0: Okay. I, I don't know what Davidson officially weighed in at. I'd have to look that up. But okay. I mean, he, he fits. I've mean, got
1: this P, uh, PFF uh, draft preview thing up here that I thought was going to be a help. It is not. It is a 1,000 pages of each, for each player, and I'm, I'm still just in the, like, the the quarterbacks. Jeez, goodness gracious. I'll tell you when I get there. Go Keep going. <laughs> Marlon
0: Davidson probably going to fall into the second round, so that's why I included him in this group. But, I mean, guy that Auburn fans came to love and his pass rushing ability at that size – I think there's gonna be a lot of pressure on teams to want to move him to the inside, but leave him, right. leave him on the outside and just kind of watch him go and attack some offensive tackles. All
1: right. Lin Bowden. The one knock I could see on that is just the fact that he he went up, he he's I mean, he played right next to the best defensive lineman in the entire class. Best interior defensive lineman in the entire class. True, true. Also true.
0: Uh Lynn Bowden, who I think if if I'm gonna bet on a non first rounder in the SEC to succeed, he's he's my guy. I mean that's yeah. he was your guy before he was my guy, but now he's he's definitely my guy again just because right. look, like we saw what the guy could do when you just get the ball in his hands and you get him an offensive line that knows what it's doing. And my my hope for him is that because he's not gonna get drafted in the first round, that'd be that'd be no. really surprising unless somebody's just crazy, crazy high on him. I kind of hope that he follows a little bit of the Debo Samuel path where somebody takes him maybe in the second round and just has a plan for him. We saw how well Debo Samuel was used with the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan was willing to use him in their run game packages as well. Like, look what Lynn Bowden did leading the SEC in rushing this past year. I mean, it's crazy to think about. And if he can go to the right place, I mean, Rams Patriots Eagles just somebody that has an offensive clue not the Bears I, I love I love Lynn Bowden too much to watch him go to the Bears and just be forgotten about
1: for the next 10 years what did he run in the 40 in
0: he didn't Wait, run the I 40
1: mean, I Yeah, I didn't think so because it's like because had a pretty good 40 time didn't he like those two I don't know how like maybe I've just I don't remember it because like, I, I didn't watch him play receiver last year or return kicks but I Debo was just so like electric in the open field. Debo had the
0: durability issues as well. And I mm-hmm. I mean, I remember when he when he got picked last year, it was like, whoa, the 49ers was, kinda going up and, and getting him. I thought he was gonna maybe middle, you know, late second round, and he was like one of the first picks of the second round. So I'd love to see Lynn Bowden follow in those footsteps. I think that'd be yeah. great. Um another receiver, Van Jefferson, Florida guy Florida fans really been banging the drum for the last few months if you mention any sort of draft sleeper he's the guy that people always seem to bring up um, has right. a foot injury right now that could make him fall in the draft a little bit which sucks the um, shame that that he's got to deal with this the, the timing of it not ideal but such a good receiver in the slot just great route runner possession guy somebody who could succeed had a great in NFL. combine yeah had a, well didn't his combine wasn't it cut short
1: um wasn't cut short because the earth or did, he, did he Oh, am I thinking of the other Florida receiver? Who ran like the the, the 40 that was so so fast? Have, Are you thinking of Tyree Cleveland?
0: Not,
1: yeah, maybe, no, not Tyree Cleveland. Who's the other one? Let's see. This this draft guide has done nothing to help me this <laughs> entire like. Kadarius Tony, even scrolling. though he's back. <laughs> even no, though not, he wasn't anyway, there? Anyway, I mean, regardless, I, I I think uh I thought there was there was one that had had like he ran like a sub four Four five maybe like it was it was a really good really good time anyway but I, I agree with you I think he's I think he's a great day two guy I don't think he's gonna fall to day three
0: Van Jefferson was really good at the Senior Bowl too um, mm-hmm. that's that's kind of where people first started to get him a little bit of love at least in the you know the, the draft world uh, Daryl Taylor. I struggle not to say Daryl Carroll. I almost said Daryl Carroll. That wouldn't be You're bad. welcome. <laughs> Tennessee edge defender. Our guy Matt Miller had him as the top riser in the draft a week ago. Not going to be a first-round yeah. guy or anything like that, but really thrived with Pruitt the last couple of years. Um, just gets to the quarterback. That's that's what he does. Probably more of like a third-round guy, or not a third-round, a third-down guy to start off his career in the NFL. Just tell him to tell him line up, get after the quarterback. That's all we want you to do. Put him yeah. with – Put in with Mike Frable, Tennessee. I think that could be match made in heaven, potentially okay. running, that, running that 3 4 and gets to stay within the state. But another guy, like mid-round value, I mid think that he would be somebody that could potentially, as Matt said, rise even higher and be maybe one of those second-round guys that comes off the board. And you're like, whoa, didn't, necessi- didn't necessarily see that coming. But guy had a really good career at Tennessee. Not sure if yeah. we gave him enough love. Guy that's very familiar, Clyde Edwards Lair. Hester just loves him like a son. That is his fifth son. That That's it right there. Um, my favorite player as well, the 2019 season, was Clyde Edwards-Lair. Um, if he falls past round two, something something is wrong with, with NFL front offices because that dude, yeah. I mean, he deserves to come off the board in the first two rounds. Would love it if... The Chiefs, the Bucs, the Rams, like if he got to play alongside Pat Mahomes or, you know, you see him getting to replace Todd Gurley potentially in LA, maybe playing alongside Tom Brady. There are a lot of teams with good offenses, good offensive minds as well that need a running back. And Clyde Edwards Alaire, the more you watch that guy, you're just convinced that he can do anything. And he kind of fits the build of like this modern running back. Guy that can play all three downs, does everything in pass protection, catches passes on the backfield. I he had backfield.
1: 55 catches last year. I mean, he had like a billion against Bama. Okay, well, I mean, you have to say it like. Sorry, that, that, yeah, was, that was that was uncomfortable. But like 55 for a running back is that's impressive. Oh, okay, hold on, I found it. <laughs> what, what page are you on? It was Nine, worth it. it Nine fifty-five. Yes, honestly, Marlon Davidson six three three zero three. I'm glad I just took that long to figure <laughs> out I was wrong.
0: Did I guess? I I was gonna guess like three zero five. Like
1: Pitbull. Right, let me scroll back to the top. Give me a couple minutes. i got to get a Gatorade in my, in my system first.
0: All right, Marler. Anyway. Do you have any other, of the non-first round guys, and I, I wouldn't even say, like, Grant Elpit has been mocked in first rounds. Trayvon Diggs kind of late in the first round as well. Not including those guys. Are there any guys that kind of jump out to you? You're like, yep, I'm going to buy stock on them right now. They're going to succeed in the NFL.
1: So, a- Alberto. Oh, that's a good one. That 40, I mean, that I we did that thing last week. It was like, which which day two guy will have the longest career? Logan Stenberg and Alberto. And I think that that Alberto, especially like, tight ends are so so, just they're utilized so well in, in NFL offenses. Like, they, they can True. be like a focal point without necessarily being a focal point. And when you have a guy that's like that size, and we saw the flashes when he actually was in games. Like I, I thought he was the best tight end in the country going into last season. And the fact that. I mean, he, only, he never played more than nine games in a season. Didn't he, didn't he also have a – wait, what was the touchdown streak that he had?
0: That I don't know. You're going to have to look at your Good. pro football Probably focus draft guide.
1: Let me go back through here real quick. Um, no, I, I think like a guy that is that big and can move that fast because he was, what, 248 or something like that? He, he was a big, big dude and, and ran a sub-4-5. So I think him at the tight end position, Cam Dantzler, I think that's like a fringe first-round like, pick any other year. I like he, he is, his resume alone is, is very impressive. And the fact that, like, if, if I feel like if the NFL wasn't going to take 18 wide receivers and 17 quarterbacks this year in this draft, he probably would be in the first round. Yeah, uh,
0: because um, there's really not a lot of those in terms of like the, the lockdown corners in the top 10. Okuda's kind of the guy, and then after that, it's kind of like who's your preference between CJ Henderson, and Christian Fulton um who am i forgetting um a.j. terrell from clemson uh even though he got worked the national championship uh yeah. who else who else am i forgetting but like those are those are kind of like it's the up
1: there but i don't know yeah, why like, i mean, like one, the, the fulton like i've seen a lot of mocks that fulton slipped the second round and i have no no idea why um the other one was i was going to say was uh jonathan grenard the kid from florida mm, had so a they, really good season yeah. in todd grantham's defense Well, he finally got healthy. Yeah. And so I feel like that kid, like I've seen him, I guess, like projected in like third and fourth round, which I don't understand because the production level he had is, that doesn't match at all. Um, Justin Matabuke from A&M. He ran a 483.
0: Have we ever figured out the proper way to pronounce his last name? I think it's Matabuke. No, and he's graduating now, so we don't ever have to. (laughs) Why don't Um, we, you know, we call him Albert O. Why don't we call him
1: Justin M. Justin, that's good. It doesn't have the same Ring to it, but that's that's pretty good. um So them and then i tell say about another one, Lawrence Cager from Georgia. Yeah, we forgot about him so quickly. We did. We we I absolutely did. You're right about that. Yeah, so. I mean,
0: I think if he was healthy throughout, you know, the end of the season, I think that'd be maybe different yeah. kind of factoring in our decision. But yeah, he's another guy that you saw what that what that offense looked like when he was not on the field. It was ugly, especially with well, the passing mm-hmm. game, especially. Those are good, though. So um, we're, we're just going to squat I, on all of those guys, and if those guys ever get good, we get to yeah. then say, hey, look, I told you, obviously, he was the guy that we were we were, we were betting everything on.
1: Should have listened. Um, so I have a question for you just before we move on to the next, next topic. If, like, DeAndre Swift is projected as the number one running back off the board almost everywhere. Yep. And Jonathan Taylor is projected, like, mid-second round. I, I love DeAndre Swift. Who would you take?
0: I'd take DeAndre Swift over, over Jonathan Taylor. But I think, and it's not necessarily just the uniform thing. Like, I've I've been banging the drum. I've said a, many, many times, friends don't let friends say that Jonathan Taylor is just another Wisconsin back. He is not Ron yeah. Dane. He is, he is not these guys that you have come to know that you've been like, eh, ah, you know, not really. He's, he's not Monte Ball. Like, he's, he's not that. No. He's faster he's, than all of them. Yeah, he's very, very fast and very productive. I worry about the workload with him a little bit mm. because his workload the last three years, man, dude, has just gotten hit a ton. And DeAndre Swift, yeah. even DeAndre Swift as a sophomore, essentially split carries with Elijah Holyfield. I mean, he doesn't have yeah. the same wear and tear, and I know that he's had a couple of durability issues during the last two years, but... I think the wear and tear with Jonathan Taylor makes me kind of wonder how long of a career he's going to have in the NFL. Like, dude's averaging 300-plus touches every year that he's been at Wisconsin. And a lot of it was in
1: between the tackles, too. Yeah. I mean, just constant contact. But, I
0: mean, I I I love the talent, though. And I I think that if if I'm a team that needs a running back to plug and play right away, if I have to choose between Jonathan Taylor and Clyde Edwards-Alaire, That is a really, really tough decision. I don't think you can go wrong necessarily with either one of those guys. But if I'm a team like the Rams or the Bucks, picking in the middle of the second round, I got to make that choice. I think both of those guys are. Alaire
1: over over Jonathan Taylor.
0: I, I probably would, gun to my head, I probably would, but I, I would I would struggle with that decision. I really would. I, well, I think that gun he just. To your
1: head. Everybody would struggle with that decision.
0: It's and and Edwards-Aleira also
1: does does a couple
0: more things. He's more proven yeah. in the passing game as well, which yeah. you need to be able to have look, that. I
1: mean, just drainage. look at you, Connor, finally coming around to the SEC. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Love it. Love it. We've turned him. Return. That's that's I just I was very surprised that he was it was so overwhelmed like he was so much like an overwhelming favorite over Taylor, so. Yeah, I
0: mean, I I think that people are still really enamored with the big playability with with mm-hmm. Swift and not that Jonathan Taylor doesn't have that he has had some breakaway runs throughout his career but I think Swift people have seen the the, the moments where you're just like all right that that dude does something that the jump cut against Kentucky I I still he's, look back he's on that a weird play. Man. I, it's it's different, and that's that's when you kind of know. All right, this this could translate to the next level. Right. Let's do some gambling stuff, Uncle Chris. It's been too long. Tell us about Let's our friends at Bet Online because you just won like thousands of dollars playing poker last night.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't like. I want you guys to go play poker. I'm not so I'm not trying to brag on myself usually. Nah, this time you I'm are, gonna brag a little bit. Yeah. This time, well, yeah, I am a little bit because I forgot how good I was at this. Uh, this time I'm hundred percent going to brag about this because so l- go over to betonline.ag. We're going to talk about their NFL prop bets. Cause there's actually stuff to bet on sports wise this week. Um, like football related, not just table tennis, but if you haven't already get on over to betonline.ag, you can play online poker, which I know sounds weird and very 2007 ish. I don't know. Um, it's fantastic. And last night, Connor, while the, the, the MJ doc was going your boy entered a tournament for $50. How many people? 900. What? And Uncle Chris got, got a, a pretty big stack early, hit a, hit a few hands, um, and then just kind of coasted so I can make sure I made the money. That's what I always like to do first. Um, as I did that, uh, I got down to, like I think I was like, we got to the final table somehow. And there was eight people left. I had, you know, I'll just tell the story. I had aces, somebody had jacks, and he had a jack. So I had 5,000 total chips. 5,000, okay? Everyone else at the table had at least 500,000 chips Ooh. or more. So I was like, this sucks. I'm like, this, whatever. So I was just like all in. I ended up doubling up like four times in a row and got back into a stack. And the next thing I know, knock out somebody, knock out somebody else. I'm texting my buddy. I was like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to finish in fourth place. As I texted fourth, somebody else gets knocked out. I won the whole damn thing. $6,500. <laughs> Jeez.
0: Jim it was uh, Christmas.
1: So go over to betonline.ag. Peloton I money. That's smart. Yeah, I got Peloton money now. Um, it's, it's the easiest way to deposit and withdraw money out of any other betting website I've ever used. So get over there to betonline.ag today. We're going to talk about our friends from there uh, a lot this week because of the, uh, the NFL draft as well. So, but, yeah, play some poker with your Uncle Chris. Jeez, you're, you're crazy. You're out of control. We've got prop bets. A lot of prop yeah. bets. So, yeah, so, like, I mean, again, with like bet online, I think they have. Hold on. I've just got this stupid PFF thing still in the way. Um, if you go to bet online. That causes way more I harm make, than good. It, big time. I, I, my computer has been making noises ever since I downloaded this stupid thing. Um, anyway, if you go to bet online, they have the NFL, prop, or NFL draft prop bets up. And they're pretty interesting because they have, it's probably the most extensive list I've seen for like a draft for prop bets. Um, you can bet on whether or not each team, like every team in the first round, will take an offensive or defensive player, whether or not the, there will be more offensive players than defensive players taken in the first round, all that kind of stuff. Um, several like position things, like over five and a half quarterbacks, whatever. They also have team specific bets, okay, and player specific bets. So for the SEC, over under 15 and a half players taken in the first round
0: i'm gonna take the under but i still think that the sec is going to set the record and it's gonna get at least 13 players drafted the record currently is 12 as we know uh for most players drafted in the first round by a specific conference but 15 and a half i and i know so much adam adam and i had 17 in our mock draft 17 sec players coming off the board yeah. but i feel like there's going to be a Few of those surprises.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take the under on that. Okay. um All right. So team specific, team specific here. uh Bama over under five and a half.
0: I'll take the under on that because six is the record. Six. Yeah, I don't
1: understand why five and a half seems like way too much.
0: Five and a half is a lot because it's essentially relying on. You you know that two is coming off the board. You know that Wills, you know that Ruggs, Judy. Those are the four that everybody kind of has locked in. That's money in the bank. It's essentially allowing it to come down to, do you think McKinney and Diggs are both getting in? Right. And Diggs is the one that's a little bit more murky. I think I think McKinney's getting in, but I think I think five.
1: I think five, so I'll take the under on that I'll as well. I'll tell you what, uh, uh, Jerry Jones is going to, no offense, because Delpit's a great player, but he's not the best safety in the class. Delp, or, uh, Jerry Jones is going to get enamored with LSU and like Delpit winning, like being a part of that team and all that kind of stuff, and he's going to take Delpit over McKinney. I'll bet you five bucks. Mm. Um, but I mean, I don't, I don't see Diggs getting in. the The other team ones, those are more interesting to me. Like the LSU over five and a half players. Auburn over one and a half, and then Georgia over one and a half. I, I think that DeAndre Swift, Swift sneaks into that late first round and gets taken.
0: Yeah, so that yeah, because Andrew Thomas is probably coming off the board. That's a good number though. You have to put it at one yeah. and a half. You're not going to put it. i going to put it. Nobody's going to bet it at two because there's no. not there's not like a third obvious choice because Jake Fromm's not necessarily in that conversation. I think the LSU one though. LSU can get to six. I mean, it, it can yeah. get to six. It essentially relies on. The the two big question marks. Well, I guess there's three. Because if, if Fulton's up in the air, though, I think Fulton's gonna get picked. The bigger How question is marks. Fulton are, up in the air. His coverage grades are really good too. Speaking of PFF, yeah. PFF loves Christian Fulton. Um, I think though that the two guys that are really in question are Patrick Queen and then Grant Elpin. And if those guys both hit, then six is happening. I mean, it, it's, that'll be, that'll be locked in because Justin Jefferson, you've got Joe Burrow, obviously coming off the board. You've got Caleb on Chasen as well. Like I, so yeah, that's, those are the two that would have to hit. And then if Fulton is a little bit more, you know, obvious in that conversation, but it's so, it's a fascinating number.
1: It really is. Here's what, here's what always fascinates me about it. I always bring up Vegas, but like, like 2016 okay this is when I like I really knew how big Vegas was I think for the first time the election in 2016 the odds dropped from minus 600 for uh, for Hillary to like minus 150 in a span of like the first two hours and I was like oh my gosh like I wish I would have bet on that early in the day and like they it's like Vegas knew well beforehand so if like if you want to know where you think somebody's going like if you want to make the bet on the LSU players like as a whole you said it was going to depend on uh, Patrick Queen. His his uh, prop bet on the first, will he get taken over or under the 24th and a half pick? It's minus 160 under. So basically, mm. one and a half. Yeah, that's really good odds. Really good odds. He's actually going to be taken well, well before the end of the first round. Um, Christian Fulton, same number. Uh, he said over, so he might be like towards the end of the first round or the second round. I just don't, I don't get that. I think Jefferson's a lock. Obviously, Burrow. Um, Caleb who on chasing missing, he's a, he's a lock. Um, yeah, So I think five and a half. I just I don't know. But so you could also make bets on which team will have more players drafted between like Bama and LSU. LSU's favored by like minus one forty plus one hundred, and then Auburn and Georgia, which I thought was an interesting one. So and there's actually a, a spread on it. So it's Auburn plus plus a half.
0: Oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah.
1: Hmm.
0: I, I feel like Auburn and Georgia are in really similar spots. Really, really similar spots with the draft. Where, Who's
1: that second guy for Auburn?
0: Uh, Noah Igbonini. I can't pronounce his last name. Noah I. Let's call him that. There you go. Uh, but yeah, that, well, Georgia probably... Although, you know what? Because Swift... We think Swift's coming off the board at the end of the first round. Dolphins. I do. Smoke screens. Um, that's That's been the most, most common place that I've seen him mocked. Unless you have somebody that, you know, unless they trade out of that pick or something like that, right. then, you know, there's maybe just not as much of a market. Running backs can tend to fall if they are projected late first round. But I don't know. That Those are those are interesting. I'd have to really, really, like, stop and, and monitor that closely as it leads into the draft if I wanted to bet on something like that.
1: It's, it's pretty cool because it's like, I mean, again, it's like the most extensive prop bets I've seen for, for an NFL draft. It's, it's almost like the Super Bowl. So they have, like... What draft position you can bet on the exact round that Jalen will get, Jalen Hurts will get drafted in. You can bet on the exact pick that two will get uh, drafted in. My two favorite bets, though, if we're trying to make some money out here, the very first prop bet they have, Connor, it's like you wrote it for them. Total cats shown during the first round, (laughs) over or under a half of a cat. Oh, we're hitting over.
0: We're hitting over all day.
1: That's guaranteed money. Believe in Um, something, Um, man. The other one was, so where did where, it go? Um, Chase Young. Will he be? Will he get drafted over or under two and a half picks? The under is minus two thousand.
0: So just just so we're a hundred percent clear, because it's different as we're talking about picks. When you say the yeah. under, do you mean later?
1: No, no. He has to be picked between like first or second.
0: Okay, so that would be the under. I gotta. I gotta so, re- reword this then later because I have my my draft overunders as well.
1: The um the thing with that bet, the best value bet for anything on here, just hands down, anything anything on this uh, this prop bet board, it's plus seven hundred. You're getting seven to one on your money if you bet that he does not get drafted in the first two picks. And there, we just saw one of the mocks that came out like literally right beforehand. We brought it up earlier. People moving in to to try to take a quarterback early. That, oh, those odds are so great. Those odds are so great.
0: If you have to come up, if you're coming up with prop bets and you have the, will there be a cat shown in the first round thing, do you have to like legitimately do your research and find maybe 40 guys potentially who could go in the first round and do they own cats? Is that something that you I, actually I have to do?
1: It, so it actually, the, the under on the half is actually where like the, uh, the juices of the money. It's minus 130, which is shocking to me. I just feel like if you're going to have that many cameras set up in someone's office or home or living room, there's going to be a damn cat somewhere. Just being creepy as AF in the background. What
0: does Vegas know about all these guys and their cats? That's right. Um, a few over-unders that I wanted to throw at you, Uncle Chris. Second SEC player picked, and I guess this isn't an, uh, an over-under. Um, well, I, I guess, it, no, it is. Let's make it an over-under. Number four overall. So will there be somebody picked before number four overall, second SEC player because Burrow's going to go first. Um, yeah. Or will there be somebody taken later after that? So the guys that would be in that spot, potentially Tua, Jedrick Wills, Andrew Thomas, Derek Brown, not sure. I, I'm going to say One after
1: after the fourth pick. I mean, is going to be in, he's going to be top four. Chase Young is going to be top four. if Unless they trade up to get him, which they could do I, – I, I just would say they're going to stay at five because I think everyone's going to stand pat.
0: Could potentially, yeah, they're saying at four that the offensive line needs there as well. Could potentially factor it to the that. Giants. Yes, uh, to go after somebody like Wills. Seen I haven't seen as much Andrew Thomas in that spot, but um, the Mackay yeah. Beckton as well. How about this SEC receivers picked in round one, over under is set at three. Over,
1: Jefferson Ruggs. Judy, Oh, wait, hold no. on. who's the other one? Exactly. Why'd you set it three? then you jerk? Exactly.
0: So nobody can make any money off of it. Um, I wanted oh, to bring well. I wanted to bring that up though because this is the, this should be the second time in the modern draft era that we see three SEC receivers drafted in the first round. 2007 was the only other time that that happened. Dwayne Bowe, Robert Meacham, Craig Davis. Only twice since then, the SEC had multiple receivers drafted in the first round. Hasn't happened since 2014. Guy named Odell Beckham, Mike Evans, you've probably heard of them. And then 2011, A.J. Green, Julio Jones. So kind of an unprecedented draft in terms of SEC receivers. The, the top-end talent, not as good as a, a Julio, A.J. Green year per se, but to have three SEC receivers taken in the first round, maybe a little bit of a sign of, sign of the times, passing yeah. in the SEC, all those different things.
1: Well, and the the quarterbacks too. Don't forget that. That's that's the more top top five.
0: Yeah, that's that's the more unprecedented thing. Um, Couldn't find any draft in which the SEC had multiple first round quarterbacks taken. If I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, I thought I I looked that up like two or three months ago. Uh,
1: I believe in 1936 we had Old James Pappy McGee from Vanderbilt. It was had an electric year. He had 600 yards passing and seven touchdowns. I feel like high numbers I mean, like, for them. All of like the football stats you hear about from players in like the thirties and forties are like how this don't take this in a wrong like in a bad way, but like it's almost like how like like a women's basketball stat line is like, you don't, it's like such team it's a team sport. It, like and they, they execute fundamentals so you don't ever see someone like so and so had forty. No, it's like everyone just did their part.
0: Candace Parker disagrees with you. Candace Parker was awesome. She was awesome. That's a good point. Total SEC players drafted in round one. We already did this number. Did you answer this question? I think it's gonna be over. They're hitting over. What? How, how, I do. Give us, give us your exact total. Of how many you think are? I think it's gonna, gonna be
1: sixteen it. on the dot. I think. I mean, you're gonna have Burrow, Wills. I'm not gonna get go through all of them. But I think, I think the guy, like, I'm not gonna pronounce his name, the quarterback from Auburn. I think he's got a really good shot at Noah like sneaking I. into the. Yeah, I think he's got a good shot at sneaking into the first round. I think. Um, I think I think one of the safeties, whether it's Delpit or McKinney, will get in. Uh, Fulton, I think, will sneak in, or Swift. They're Kinlaw, Ruggs, Wills, Solomon, Derek Brown, Joe Burrow, Tua. That's like what six players, seven players I just listed. All of them will go in the top thirteen. All of them. Solomon. Who did I say? You said Solomon. That's Solomon. Uh, Andrew, Thomas? Andrew Thomas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Close enough.
0: Uh, I know what you meant. I think. Um, remember Canal last year? How fun was during the yes, first round awesome. draft. There's no way Canell is gonna be is gonna be barking up that tree this year. He he knows that this is going to be an SEC dominated draft, and if he does that and gets dunked on like he did last year, it, your boy's not gonna look too good.
1: It made my night. I'll say that
0: he's <laughs> a good week. dude. Over under Canell tweets by the way. How about two? Let's set it at two and a half. SEC shade tweets that he has in the draft.
1: I will, I will double down on this if there's like a, if a, like a parlay for it or whatever. He will say something about Isaiah Simmons being the best player in the draft yes. overall. Yes. Guaranteed. For sure. 100%.
0: And then everybody's going to be like, better than Joe Burrow? And he's not going to respond to that. Yeah. You heard me. Yeah. You heard me. Um, this this was different than what we've done in the past because it kind of felt like we were doing what we used to do before all this, this yeah. freaking madness oh, happened.
1: Hold on, real quick. I forgot another one of my favorite bets here. Big ten players trapped in the first round, over or under the amount of Alabama players taken in the first round. I'm taking the over. I'm taking the over on that. You taking the Big Ten? Yes. they they're an overwhelming favorite. <laughs> it's like yes. minus two sixty.
0: Yeah. Ohio State anyway. should have multiple, Iowa should have multiple Penn State, at least one. Yeah, I'm taking. I'm taking. Who's from Penn State? Guros Matos.
1: Oh yeah, how can I forget that?
0: Yeah, defensive end. This was uh, hopefully um, something that could get everybody ready to go for the draft and and excited for it because it feels weird to actually talk about a live sporting event to actually have something to preview. But the good news is we're going to be back on track with debates down south next week. The plan for that, and the good news for us is we've already done all the research because we made a last-minute yeah. decision to pivot to this. We are going to look at claimed national championships, the most egregious cases, the three most egregious cases. Which ones are in real? ICC which history. ones are not? Essentially, this, believe me, I we bit off more than we could chew with that. I, mean, I really yeah. think that we did. It's so messy looking back on all those polls and stuff. I, instant regret.
1: You know i just it made me feel better about myself though because i just i thought it was only bama that was claiming all the fake national titles had no idea tennessee had been doing it for years also didn't know auburn was on probation in 1957 we'll get to it next week yes well, i'm so excited
0: here's the other good thing today already done this we, we already accomplished this already done this Wow, oh, yeah. good english connor um mark stoops casual friday great interview let's just say that he mm-hmm. remembers. The famous tagline that we had last year had a a lot of fun with quarantine version of Stoop. So that's going to be coming out on Friday. We're going to have quick reactions to the first round of the NFL draft. We're going to do some important and wrong stuff, maybe a little bit of trivia as well. So that's going to be coming out Friday, and then we're going to have It Just meant More coming out on Sunday. Hopefully, everybody's okay with the new schedule. We're still figuring out what game we want to do next. But... A lot of great content coming this week, and just follow all of our social media accounts and all, all things SDS during this draft. Because I, I say this humbly, we crush it during draft time. We really, really. Do. Yeah, I got calluses last year, you, blisters. I got blisters on my thumbs. You were hard at work. Our news team dominates draft coverage. It's it's all that's going on. Besides the M, besides the bull stock, it's all that's going on. Let's just appreciate
1: this for what it is. There right you go. So, Tommy Tubberville. What do we have to remember? Mm-hmm. Oh my. Hey, Connor, listen. <laughs> we appreciate your vote this Tuesday. War, war tide. Fuck oh, you, you need see. too much. <laughs> you guys soon.